Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram with a new handle at Ziggy Smoke Shop underscore 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode as always, episode 153. Ryan and I talk a lot about the Kings trade targets and fun stuff like that because it's that time of the year. Oh, yeah. And we also talked about how Steve Kerr is kind of a bitch. So if you're looking for that episode out or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. Bringing my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What's going on? This is our last episode of 2023. Eric, I, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but let's say the 30th. Today's December 30th of 2023, so uh, last episode of the year. Um, Kings played last night against Atlanta, and holy fuck, uh, down by 23 at one point, came back and won. Both Eric and I live bet that, and Eric won a little more money than I did, but um, we live bet when they were down big, and you know Sacramento came back and pulled it out, thank God, uh, for De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Bonus. Um you know, it's been, it's been a turbulent last couple of weeks for Sacramento, but they're, you know, staying afloat as we approach, uh, you know, trade deadline. And like I say, every single time we come on the podcast, the best time of the year for basketball is fastly approaching. So uh, excited to be here, man. It, it's been a, it's been a crazy year with the podcast. Uh, a lot of life changes for Eric and I. So, you know, messed up our routine a little bit, but we're still carrying on. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's going to be a good 2024 with Sacramento. Yeah, we have, we, it has been, it has been a weird year uh, trying to do the podcast, you know, I, I wouldn't you bring that up, but, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. We, and, and it's been, it's hard. It's hard. Cause sometimes like, like yesterday I go to record, but then the Kings are playing, you know, and it's like, eh, I don't really record in the middle of a game. You know, I don't like to do that. Especially when I live bet the game, like you said, and plus 420, that's where it was at, man. Plus 420, the Kings got down so bad, but put that money on it you win it back you know uh speaking of betting how about we break it in ryan as we always do with bet online uh with nfl bowl season and nba in full swing over the holidays bet online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all of the up to the second odds news and info bet online has all the sports wagering info available to, to you uh with both desktop and mobile access head there today to get into the action Re- remember to use the promo code believe to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit um but any betting anybody betting goes last week bowl season nba a lot of stuff going on christmas do christmas you have both the nba and the nfl playing big weekend yeah, the, I, I i did a little bit of betting last week i have to go i didn't win much um i might have even been down like 10 bucks dude it was kind of a uh, the reason I didn't bet for big announcement here on Kingscast, I just had another son on Christmas Eve, 
at four o'clock in the morning. So that really threw off the big betting week for me. Um, I was kind of just out of whack. You know, we were in the, we were in the hospital for the weekend, came home Christmas morning, uh, got to celebrate Christmas with our other child, Eric, I, I, we don't ever talk about on here, but fantasy football, right? So me and Eric are big into fantasy football. I'm in like seven leagues this year, made the championship in three of them. Um, one of my leagues, dude, and I, I, because of what I had going on last week and being in the hospital with the new baby, I kind of just put that stuff aside. Thank God. Uh, I kicked the shit out of somebody. I, I started Josh Jacobs in one of my league, dude, to go to the championship. Josh Jacobs was in my lineup and didn't play. And just cause I had too much shit going on, you know, it's hard to keep track. And, uh, thankfully I got into the championship, but I almost fucked that up big time. Um, but as I said, not a lot of bets came out for me last week just because of the situation. But this week, me and Eric, uh, for sure, will be on that. We are huge Texas football fans, and Texas is playing Washington in the college football playoff on Monday. I am super excited about that. Uh, Texas, obviously, the favorites, I believe, right now. It's like minus 200 or something like that last time I checked. Uh, I wish I would have bet it right when it came out because Texas was the underdogs right when the initial college football playoff came out. But Somehow the odds have shifted in Texas's favor. Um, so looking, really looking forward to that. I will be betting football today and tomorrow, um, as well as the Kings game against Memphis on Sunday. So I got to make sure I get those bets in today, just in case something changes. But big weeks coming, uh, coming soon. You know, NFL playoffs, uh, and then obviously basketball. So looking forward to it, man. I got a player before we get into, into everything. You want to hit the player first? Yeah, let's do, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Did you get the Did you get the player last week? You, I did. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, it's all right. But I got it. Yeah, the you were on a little bit of slump. This one, I don't know how you'll do with this one. So if you're new to Kings Cast, uh, check this out. This is where we break into conversation with the former player of our past. Ryan has to guess them based on their bio. All right, here's your player this week, Ryan. Um, I hope this is a good one. Okay. He is uh, six feet tall, 180, so his measurables. Uh, college, uh, spent half his time in uh, University of Washington, then finished off in 2000 and 2002 in Gonzaga. 2002 first-round pick, 28th overall, selected by the, by the Kings, bro. This one's, this one's good. Selected by the Kings, but he didn't play for the Kings, so traded or whatever. Point guard. Um, here are his teams in order. 02 to 04, Atlanta Hawks. 04, Portland Trailblazers. 04, Dallas Mavericks. 04 to 05, New Orleans Hornets. 05 to 06, Celtics. 06 to 7, Blazers again. 07 to 08, Clippers. And then finished off somewhere else. But his 2010 team was the Fort Wade, Fort Wayne Mad Ants. I thought that was a good, a uh, good pull. Um, here are his career statistics. I don't. Uh, it's a little bit different on here. Do you even have a? Do you even have an idea? Or do you need to give give you a couple more hits? Five points a game, two assists. I don't think it's going to make a difference. Holy crap. You said he's six, five minutes at six foot 180. Yeah, six foot 180 from Gonzaga. Drafted in 02, played for, you'll know him from like the Hawks. Total career backup, though. But when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, shit. It might be oh, too man. tough. That's tough, dude. Couple, hit. man, this is selected by the bad. Kings, but didn't play for the Kings. You yeah, know, that's a, yeah, that's a tricky yeah. one, too. Oh, man, dude. Those, those years were. I would disregard that clue because, to be honest with you, I had no clue this guy was no, drafted I know. by the Kings. So if you try to if you try to think in those terms, you're probably not going to get it. There's a couple guys that are coming to my mind that I, I don't think are right. The first name that popped in my head is like Jeremy Pargo. 
Damn, you're really pulling deep names. Oh, man. I think that's his name. Jeremy Pargo, maybe. And then the other I name that he, came, it, it was Bob Sura came to mind, but that's just, I, I think Bob Sura is older than that. So I, I'm going to have to concede on this, man. All right, your player, man. All, hey, NBA all-time t- uh, name team would be this guy. And, and I found another white guy to throw at you, Dan Dickow. Fuck, dude. Yeah, I wasn't getting that. Yeah, but th- I, th- I was like, that's what I was like. Maybe that's just too hard for you. But sometimes wow. you gotta, I got I to gotta throw good ones at you. Too hard for me. <laughs> Dan Dickow, <laughs> though. Nah, that's a good pull, man. I, I could have sat here for an hour, and I would not have gotten that. Yeah, that's a good con- concession. But I'm just proud because I'm proud for myself because I actually found another white player. I th- I was getting to the end of the list. You know, I would tell you when in doubt, go white first, dude. That's 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 my clue to you. Go white, go white guy first, and then work no, your way I, back I, from there. No, for sure. That's just a pull, dude. Man, if I would have got that, dude, that would have put me up in legendary status. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, well, we could talk about the Kings just to get right into it. I, I think I was thinking about some things I want to talk Kings. But I do want to talk about the NBA because um, this season, I'm going to admit, Ryan, the Kings have been kind of, I've been kind of about the Kings. I don't know why. I I mean, I watch the games and obviously I'm in it. So like, don't come for my head. But like, I don't know, just something about the roster, something about what, what we're watching, like. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm. it's weird because it's the first time like last year was exciting because it was new and they were good. But uh, this year, um, you know, they're they're actually it's like the first time that they've actually been like in the middle of the pack, like in the in the in the standings, playoffs, contention standings, rather all season or all or in the past, you know, going back for a long time. And I'm just not that juiced about it. I don't know what are do you feel that way or what's going on with you? I think the the trouble, especially with like Kings fans in totality, is people were expecting a jump, right? Like three seed last year, people were expecting them to honestly, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that thought they'd be where OKC is, where Minnesota is, um, you know, 20 wins by now, but they're 18 and 12 and they're sticking around teams, right? They're sticking around teams that they struggle with. This is the the dangerous part for me. You know, right below in the standings, you have a Pelicans team who owns us. Um, you know, Phoenix is right there. The Lakers are right there. Dallas is a very good team and it's concerning for me. Um, it's, it's, I, I think I was a little more invested this time last year, um, because we were getting that full year of Sabonis. But I, I, I think at the end of the day, teams, people were expecting this team to make a bigger jump and we're still at that same level that we are. And it's, it's frustrating, right? Especially with a, a game like last night where you're down 23 and you had just got blown out by Portland. Um, I'm struggling with them right now, and we'll get to that later on the episode. I don't want to spoil some stuff, but uh, I, I I am right there with you. Yeah, it's not that I hate them. I think they suck. It's just it's just I think that where where we're going is for me is I watch this team and I know it's we talked about it's a little bit of an incomplete roster. If you know that there's some issues that they need to address, and I'm just kind of waiting for them to address them to get excited. I guess to articulate my point that that's where I'm sitting right now. Um, because there, when you when you have uh concern like we do like with Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray you know and and Kevin Herter and 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 the bench and, and just knowing that those those are gonna be hindrances from the Kings taking the next step and then they go out and have games like they did last night like you mentioned against 
against Portland where it kind of comes to fruition. It's kind of like, yeah, now this is kind of what this team is, man. Like, you know, you know that there's only so much of a peak with them. And I think that's, that's the thing that's kind of been, been kind of pulling me back a little, a little, a little bit, but um, I, I kind of got distracted because did you just see that? I mean, not that we're breaking news come out. You see OG and just got traded to the Knicks. Did he really? Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, we can just talk. We talked about that for a second, just since we're on it. They, but, but all right, here, that here. breaks that breaks right here on King's Cast. I know. By the time I put this out, though, like probably know, like later today, news. people old, old holy news, shit, dude. yeah, sixteen seconds ago. Yeah. So here's the thing about this, uh, uh, Ryan. I'm looking at. I'll let you look at the trade real quick. But they got oh, R.J. Shit, Barrett, tra- RJ Emmanuel Barrett. quickly. Yeah. Oh shit! Whoa! Damn, they traded R.J. Barrett, huh? I mean, I'd trade RJ. That's Barrett. that's yeah, but for OG, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know how I feel. I mean, good good on I, I think that's a good trade for Toronto. You got Emmanuel Quigley, who's young, you RJ Barrett, who's young, who I, I you know, I don't think RJ Barrett's gonna live up to what everybody thought he was gonna be, but he's solid. Um I don't know how I feel about that with New York, man. I I feel like New York needs needs scoring. You know, I think there's a lot of burden on Jalen Brunson, and I, I think Julius Randle is what he is. He had that one year, his first year in New York, where he was like an MVP candidate, but he is what he is, right? 20-something, low 20s a game, uh, inefficient at times, kind of shoots too many threes in my opinion, but I think that's a solid trade for Toronto. This, What this means to me, Pascal Siakam's gone, right? This is This is full rebuild for Toronto. You got two young pieces who are going to go into your starting lineup right away. Uh, Pascal's gone, and wow, man, good good for New York, right? At least they're trying. That was, you know, I, you always have to respect. That was kind of my things about Sacramento for a long time is, you know, being scared to to make the move and and do all this shit. And at least New York's trying to put themselves into the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. That's a that's a solid trade. I think that works. That's fair in my opinion on both sides. It's one of those rare uh, rare trades, but couple weeks ago when we were on the podcast and they were talking about OG Anubi going for, you know, multiple first and like a young player as well. And obviously it didn't happen. So yeah, no fuck man. Wow. All right. Trade season started fellas. We're officially at the best time of basketball season. It's not, not bad. Uh, the, here's my couple takeaways where you're talking. I was pulling a couple, a couple numbers and stuff. Here's one big thing. O- OG Anubi has a nice contract. He's only signed through the end of next season and he makes 18 million this year, 19 million next year. Whereas, you know, RJ Barrett's contract right here, if this is sourced correctly, it's an escalating contract. He currently sits at, tw- at 24 million. And he's signed through the end of the 2027 season up to 30 million. So for right there for the Knicks, that's kind of a, it does get them the cap relief. And out of that, I think that, yeah, I I don't know if I'm trying to spend a bunch of time breaking down the Knicks uh, roster, but you know, they seemed like they really wanted to put a lot into uh, to Josh Hart and Brunson and you know, I, I don't know. So I guess, you know, you look at trades like this, sometimes there's some uh, cap cap reasons that, that, you know, to lock in RJ, I wouldn't want to lock RJ Barrett on my team for t- till 2027 personally, but um, to each their own. And, but you know, also, he's a Canadian. So, the, you know, the Canadians are up there. Oh, yeah, this is a great, this is a great trade. This is a great one. Is that a good Knicks, Canadian accent? Yeah, that was pretty shitty. But the 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 Knicks are also going to get Precious Achua or however you pronounce those fucking guys' names, dude. All these foreign names in the NBA, man. 
I need to have like I I really need to start recording them on the TV when they're in game from the actual analyst and start practicing. I used to be good at this stuff, but I have no idea how to pronounce. Like even OG, how do you properly say his last name? I don't know. I, I really <laughs> don't do you, know. <laughs> how do you say it? Well, I just think his is an different. It's a a nun no be a nun no be. OG and maybe maybe. What? Well, who's it last year? Oh, when they signed Kevin, when they got Kevin Herter, we were like Hoiter, Hoiter Herter. Yeah, well, there was there were so many. I remember that time. There were so many like pronunciations or how do you, how do you say it? enunciations or pronunciations? What is it, Eric? You're the smart guy on this group. An enunci- enunciation. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but there was like Herter, Hoiter, like Hoiter. And I was like, what the hard uh, And then people just started calling him like the red rocket. And then he kind of was just the red rocket for a minute, just so everybody can figure out how like uh Draper and what's his fuck's name pronounce it, you know? So I don't think that I ever called him the red rocket because it just reminded me of what everyone would call the dog's a dog's dick when it got a heart. Remember the dog's guard in your kid? <laughs> Holy shit, he's got a red rocket. What used to say, dude, your dog, your little dog would just have this red rocket coming out, and I just couldn't shake it. So when they were calling the red rocket, I was thinking of dog dicks the whole time. And to be honest, not what I'm trying to think about when I'm watching a Kings game, dude. They're saying, uh, there's there's some there's some people on Twitter. I'm I'm just trying to follow the trade now, and it's Josh Hart saying what I wake up to. First off, Josh Hart, you just tweeted this 11 minutes ago. It is 12:30 in New York, bro. So take take you know take that as it is. Um, but they're saying the worst trade in NBA history. I'm I'm not mad at that trade at all. I don't understand why people are. Who's saying that? So, like per sources are saying that, or like just no, random like just random us. random Twitter people who who pay to get their verified shit, but they're like quote tweeting. Uh, Josh Hart and stuff um, breaking in the Kings news uh, to Maxwell. He He's saying on here, you know, he he's a, I don't know how credible you guys think he is or how much you guys actually follow him, but can't get mad at Monte for missing out on OG for that cost. The Kings couldn't have competed. Yeah, they could have. Uh, I don't think they should have, but you know, I, I don't think that's too much to give up. I, I think that's a pretty fair trade on both sides. I, I'm not mad at that trade at all, man. That, that that might actually be a good one for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of cap behind it. There's a little bit of role, like player roles behind it. You know, look, getting the R.J. Barrett, you know, a, more of a scorer. You know, it's kind of always perceived as I think eight, 18 points a game, whereas O.G. can come in and actually play the forward position and play defense. I mean, you know, well, it, and, it makes and, some and sense. Tibbs, and Tibbs is the coach, right, in New York, and it's, you know, everybody knows Thibodeau likes defense, right? So now you're rolling out there with O.G. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's hurt, but um, Josh Hart's one of the better perimeter defenders in the NBA, so they're clearly going with Tibbs' style um, over scoring. So interesting, very, very interesting right there. Yeah, and dude, stats are relative to sometimes. Yeah, I I, I think about this a lot. I've been watching a lot of different different basketball the last week. Just with some, uh, you know, they had a lot of games on Christmas and stuff. And I was thinking about random players and even players from the Kings a couple years ago who we used to talk about. Who you know, they get stats. That's a relative to your role on a team. And 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 just because you're averaging fourteen points or whatever through thirty games, like it doesn't mean that you're. That's the player you're going to be for the next five years. You know, you could fall off completely. So, 
you know, I, I think that's part of it. I think a big I, I look at that and then I look at the contracts, you know, and I think that's something that we used to we used to talk about this a lot more on our podcast when the Kings sucked more and they were constantly you were trying to make moves. And we used to talk a lot about contracts and how value in the NBA is not value to value across the board. Uh, value in the NBA is it, it's in it again to use the word relative to each franchise. Sometimes it's, you know, teams want to take on cap to get a couple extra assets. Sometimes teams want to break up one contract into three contracts. They'd like to do that. Uh, there, there's a lot of different ways to incentivize a trade. That's in honestly, when it comes to talent to talent straight across the board, that's further down in, in the tiers of trades, you, you know, the hierarchy or whatever of trades you typically see. Typically you don't see that. And that's why anytime one does pop off once in a while, becomes kind of debated. The, the really last one really was probably like an equal talent thing was, was, was Halliburton and, in and Sabonis, you know, like that was, that was one. And look at how much that trade's been debated, but typically trades are, that's why people say dumbest trade of all time. Really? Is it really though? You know, did the Knicks really want 30 million of RJ Barrett through 2027? I don't think I would. I'd rather have OG for 20 million for two years, have some options and flexibility, you know, and that's, we talk about the cap a lot too, dude, uh, contracts guaranteed, man. There's a salary cap in the NBA. Like all that shit you got to consider, dude. I don't think people really care about that crap, you know? good take man that, that's a good take you, you know when it comes down to contracts um you know and and where the team's trying to go in the future that's that's definitely makes decisions on there um i think what did we look last week og was i think he's 26 rj barrett's got to be 22 23 he's younger is he um, still that young i look it up because yeah, i have the, his, the years I had his the years up. the years kind of start to fly by but 23 he has to be so I'll pull it up right now. I think he is 23. Good get. 23, yeah. So, I mean, he's still young. He still has some, you know, room to grow. I, I think what this is going to do, you know, Pascal's getting traded now for sure. They're they're going into rebuild mode and they're getting younger. Uh, this is kind of going to give the keys to R.J. Barrett for the rest of the season, man, and see what he can do as the number one guy on a team. Um, obviously, being in New York, uh, with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson in front of you, he, he's the clear number three scorer, but he, he's going to be the number one guy. Um, his stats are going to boost for sure, um, but we'll see if he can be an efficient an efficient scorer moving forward. But uh, still young and, and still has room for improvement. So I, I'm telling you, I, I really like this trade. I'm seeing still on Twitter of people saying this is a, you know, they gave up too much or they did. The, eh. I, I think that's a solid trade for both teams. Well, Toronto had no scoring, dude. <laughs> like no, they were no. They, you know what Toronto was is they were a team that was that were very one dimensional. It's kind of like how I feel about the Kings in a weird way, but they're kind of one dimensional in that like they're still their their roster is still kind of living off of the championship run where they, you know, but they lost Kyle Lowry and they lost Kawhi Leonard. So it's it's a lot of guys who were really good and solid, but they're not, you know. St- scoring at a one and two or even three level. They have a bunch of like three level scores and Siakam and, and an OB and, Barnes. And, and yeah, then you have younger guys like Scotty Barnes and Grady Dick. I'm just joking. I have the roster up and I just want to say Grady Dick to make two. That's the third Dick reference in the, in the podcast back to Dan Dick Gal, Grady Dick and dog dicks. Maybe that's the name of the, the episode title. They, uh, they got an okay team, but it's having, you know, it, like you said, those three level scores, right? You're the third guy on a, on any team, pretty much. You go to, 
RJ Barrett being one coming in and Scotty Barnes, uh, even Schroeder and Gary Trent. Their team desperately needs a number one guy, man. They they need a, a, a true number one score, but that's fucking hard to come by, man. Look how long it took Darren Fox to get going to be that number one guy to where you know night in and night out, like you're getting fucking 30, dude. Um, that's hard to come by in the NBA, man. There's not a lot of those dudes out there, but yeah, Siakam, uh, you know, Siakam's gone. I, man, Scotty Barnes, people don't talk about him. 22 years old, 21 points per game, nine rebounds, six assists. Solid player right there. Yeah. They're forward scoring. All right. So segue to the Kings though, man, because we're, you know, talking about the Kings being one dimensional. That's kind of like all the things right there that I think are my thing issue with the Kings. You you have a you have a roster that's surrounded that you don't really have anybody stepping up and taking the scoring role like you're you're kind of mentioned before, and and it took it's really on De'Aaron Fossey out there and be a fucking dude all the time to do anything. Um, and 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 I think that's kind of my issue with the Kings right now, and it, it really proves I like our point in yesterday's game. I don't like to look at one game and 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 make a conclusion off of one game, you know, but I feel like this shit is kind of a constant occurrence, man. The the crappy contributions from two two or three guys every night almost. And then you know, having to compensate from a bench player or De'Aaron Fox going off even more or Sabonis playing above for his scoring averages just to make up for that shit. It's like last night, dude. Um and it's really been the last two games with these three guys. Harrison Barnes played 12 minutes. Herter played 10 minutes. You got nine points between the two of them. And then if you want to throw it in there, and you had a horrible night from Keegan Murray, he played 36 minutes, nine points, five rebounds, right? And it's not the nine points and the five rebounds that bug me. It's the amount of shots that he took. You know, four of 12, one for six from three. That's the stuff right there. When you're, when you're getting that kind of production, from Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and Herter all at the same time, which happens more times than not, right? No wonder you were down 23 against Atlanta. And thankfully, Atlanta's a shit team. Okay, They're just not very good. Um, and, you know, you got a near triple-double from Sabonis. And then it took 31-8-5 from Fox. And, uh, you know, obviously, Trey Lyles and Monk off the bench, giving you 19 and 15 um, of their own. That That's what bugs me about this roster, man, is – too many times you go back and look at the the um, the box scores, and Barnes, Herder, and Murray are just shit, dude. It's the consistency from those guys, and more specifically from Barnes and Herder. Um, I, I think Murray's still young and he's still figuring out how to be consistent in the NBA. Um, obviously, we came on a, what was that last week, our our last episode, and we we were very critical of him and then he comes out that night and drops like 44 was it or something whatever he had a career high and just hit 12 threes and you know there is the potential for that with him but i i'm more interested in him being consistent night in and night out and i i think with Barnes and Herder uh, i'll come out and say it right now with, with those guys being in your starting lineup this team's not advancing past the first round of the playoffs it's not there there has to be an improvement somewhere um, one of those guys is going to get moved and it has to be an upgrade or this team is going to be stuck in the first round of the playoffs every single year. Because when you look at the Western Conference, no matter who you match up against, Sacramento does not have, probably doesn't have the best player in the series. Okay. Darren Fox is really good. But when you go look at playing Denver, 
they got Jokic, you know, Golden State's got Steph, LeBron has AD and, and, or excuse me, Lakers have LeBron and AD. Um, New Orleans, Darren Fox would be the best player in the series, but they just fucking own us. There is something about New Orleans that Sacramento just cannot hang with. So um, the way that you offset that is you got to have guys who are consistent and can give you 20 at any time. Um, you know, but with, with Barnes and Herter, they, I just don't see it, dude. Those guys are, especially Barnes, man, 12 minutes last night, dude, that is, especially after signing that contract, that's bad. That is atrocious. And it, it, it does throw red flags. So if you're out there in Kingsland and you're, and you're thinking, Oh, you know, they're fine. He's our third or fourth guy. And now you're getting 22 minutes out of two starters. They give you nine points, right? Barnes didn't even have a rebound or an assist. It's just fucking horrible, dude. 0 for 2 from the field, 2 rebounds. It's That is horrible. Sacramento needs to upgrade. He needs to be off this roster, and Sacramento does not progress past the first round if he's in the starting lineup. It's, that's, it is what it is. For people trying to argue that, and I see it in Keensland sometimes, you know, for people trying to make any type of counter-argument for Barnes and Herter right now, it, it's that shit's laid to rest, dude. Barnes needs to be off the roster. He needs to be out of the starting lineup. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole minutes. I mean, I watched I watched the whole game. I don't really understand the whole minutes thing as much. I mean, coming off of yeah, I'm looking at it though, some scores to your point. And there to me, Barnes and Herder are what they what they are. Like I've I already know, and I don't ex and I don't expect a certain thing from them. Sometimes it's just like, come on, man, you really like that's what it is tonight, you know? Not even the minutes. Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's my surprise when with them, but with Murray, that's the one that you can give a little more of a take on because there should be some statistical baseline, some type of consistent output because you can't, they don't have a roster that's constructed and deep enough to compensate for stuff like that. The, the dips they don't have in him. They don't have the, the ability to compensate for that dude. Like, yeah, you look, you you threw the Hawks scores, but even the game the other day against the uh, Trailblazers, I mean, he played 36 minutes, dude. The guy scored points. five points, dude. One for seven from three, dude. So he, in his, in, his, in his last two games, dude, he's two for 13. And he's played 36 minutes in both games. Two for 13 from three point in his last two games. And that just can't happen, dude. That can This is happen. kind of my so this is kind of my issue right now with Keegan Murray and and uh it's it's that he's still a three like he's he's still what we thought he was the last year, like spot up three point shooter. And we were big Keegan Murray fans. I am a big Keegan Murray fan. I, I think that this is the more and more this continues, we've when we talked about it going into the season, he was a player to watch. He's been a big topic of a lot of our conversations. The the longer he doesn't progress past being a being a three point shooter, the more it's gonna stick, and that's what he is going to be. And 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 the the other day when he went off and scored, uh, however many what forty what is it forty seven points? I 40, can't remember. I think it's forty four or forty one or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think I have it saved. I'll pull it up. But but he goes off and does that, and that's awesome, right? But so la I saw a quote after that game, and it was from Mike Brown, dude. Here, I'll pull up my Twitter. He says, last year he was strictly a three-point shooter. He He's scoring at the second and third levels now. Uh, two, three, four years from now, you're going to really see something out of this young man. Okay, so he's, he's basically saying he, he's starting to evolve. But you know what my reply was to that? 
dude, 36 of his points were on threes, dude. 36 of them because the guy just shoots threes. And if you look at the games where he, he's terrible, like the last two games he's been terrible, what do you see consistent, consistently? Seven, six, seven three-point attempts, one one fucking one hit, dude. You know, and, and, and that's the thing, just too reliant on that. It's too reliant on that. Yeah, and you come back and look at the box scores, and you know, over the last like six games, he scored twenty a few times. Going back to the, it was forty-seven, by the way, the clear high. Uh, but it's you know, so cool. Hold on, sorry, so cool, dude. He got eleven of his points on his own. <laughs> you know, creating shot, or maybe in transition. Who fucking knows? Yeah, no, no, it's you know, and it's people go back and say that, and they're like, well, what do you, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. He scored, you know, over his last seven, he's averaging twenty-two points per game, and it's like. Mm. You know, he had the big game, you know, and then he scored 20 twice since then. But it's, you know, it, it's it's more of a collective effort for me, right, with Sacramento. It's it's the collective thing between the three of those guys. You know what you're getting from Fox and Sabonis every single night. The other three, it's hit or miss, dude. You have a night like the last two nights where they are all three of them are just absolutely atrocious. And that's the problem. That's why you can't progress past the first round, in my opinion, with those three guys all being in the starting lineup. Uh there's just not enough consistency. You can't all three be that bad back-to-back nights. It just can't happen. If Sacramento would have dropped that game against Atlanta last night, that's a bad, bad loss, right? Thankfully, they pulled it out, came back from 23, and showed a little bit of a crit. Um, luckily, Monk was back in, in the um, in the lineup, and, and Trey Lyles had his best game of the season. Uh, but you you lose that game, that's bad after coming off the Portland game. And then going to on Sunday, you're playing Memphis, and Memphis is playing well. Memphis got off to a shit start, but John Moran's back. Okay, John Moran is back. The team's playing better, and that's going to be another tough game on the road on Sunday. So, um, the obviously again the the improvement between those three needs to be more consistent. But uh, you know, as the season goes on, this the schedule is going to get tougher. Teams are going to start playing you tougher, and um, we got to get some progression out of those guys. Yeah, that's and I think that's where to bring me back to the beginning where I was saying that's kind of tough is because this is always this has been in my head all year and it's just kind of showing. It's kind of you know I I don't know I just don't see that when you see them win I don't see them win in a bunch of uh you know versatile ways, dude. That's probably my my issue. To live and die by the three, man. That really is it. Outside of Darren Fox and Sabonis, everybody else, if they are not hitting their threes, they the Kings are fucked. There is no, like you said, no versatility of scoring from anybody outside of Fox and Sabonis. If, if the other guys, if the other 12, 13 guys on the roster aren't hitting three-pointers, which a lot of time are open threes, if they're not hitting, Kings are going to lose. They're going to lose. Somebody needs to step up and be more consistent in that starting lineup. Somebody's got to have, you know, different way of scoring or, or not even scoring, but Last night you're watching the Hawks game. How bad were they on defense in that stretch in the second and third quarters? It was it was atrocious, man. I was watching. Guys aren't getting back on defense. Guys turn the ball over, and then here comes Trey Young throwing lobs to Jalen Johnson. It's like Jesus Christ, man. You know, um, with, with Harrison Barnes last night, I know he didn't play much, but two points was over two, so he made two free throws, no rebounds, no assists in ten minutes. You know, you're the starting four. I guess you could put him at. There has to be something. You got to play defense, or you have to rebound, right? You you can't just go out there and and oh well, I'm not scoring tonight, and I'm just gonna float around. I can do that if you want me to. You know what I mean? We can pull some Joe Schmo off the off the street, not pay him eighty million a year, and just go out there and float around because that's that's what it's like, you know. And and that's that's been my big thing with Harrison Barnes. It's 
I get it. Not everybody's a, a 15 to 20 point per game guy, but you have to affect the game in, in other ways. If your shot's not falling, okay, effort, we need rebounding, we need you to play some defense, and that shit don't happen, dude. I don't care what anybody says. But my issue, though, is, is like, dude, no one, like, no one else is going to step up and do it. So that, that's kind of the issue. There is nobody else to step up and do it on the roster, man. And, and that's kind of the issue with the Kings. And, you know, and, and you said live and die by the three. It's hella true if you look at, if you look at the, the, the games and how the stats, but when, when the Kings are hitting and everybody's kind of even hitting, they, that's why they're so up and down because they'll fucking crush teams from time to time. They had the game against the Wizards where they put up 143. They played the, uh, but then they go and play the Celtics. No one can fucking shoot. They get dogged. They get dogged by 20. And that stuff happens like all the time. You know, that's what happened against the Blazers is, is they, when they're shooting, they're crushing. When they can't shoot, they're dogged by 20 because they don't have the versatility of, 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 wins they all look the same if you if you look at all their wins they're exactly the freaking same and i don't know i don't know what to make of that because i don't i don't know where that ends that ends them at the end of the year you know in the standings like last year for some reason that worked at a higher they just they finished that much higher in the standings but this year i don't i don't think that's going to be the case i think we talked about injuries last year helped them a lot and I just don't think that's not going to be the case this year. So that's why this trade deadline is important. And, and as it comes to it, they, they have to solve that because we've talked about before with like Herter and Barnes, which is to pick on, on those two is a might as well just have someone out there who, who is, if they're going to be a floater, they might as well be floater on defense, dude, at least do that. That's the issue. Cause they like last night. That's why I live bet that game because they got down. So, you know, it was like 30, they gave up like 36 points or something in the first quarter. They scored 23. You, you know, there's a 13 point hole. Bang, right off the right off the get, dude. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's gonna be a trade, though. It's not gonna be anybody on the roster stepping up. Like, that's not a thing. I don't think that's a thing. 100%, man. 100 percent So we'll we'll see what happens. Like, you know, we always say at the beginning of the year when we're doing our season preview and stuff that you'll know what a team is at christmas right and that's why we're coming out here and we're starting to get more critical of the roster as the season goes on right because there is that time in the beginning of the year where you got to let them feel it out right even though it was the same roster running it back from last year you got to give a team time time to fill it out get comfortable again and, and see where you're at and then christmas is really that baseline of okay do we really need to make some critical moves coming in the next month to improve and make that playoff push um and, and, and we're there. We've arrived. It's almost a new year. So now we're going to be critical. And there is obvious glaring weaknesses in this team. And they got to, they got to make the upgrade. So um, I'm sure in the next three or four podcast episodes that we do, we're going to start getting into those trade ideas. Um, obviously, as the, as the trade deadline creeps closer, rumors are going to start coming out. And uh, I'm excited for it, man, because I, I like – I, I like where Sacramento's at, obviously, right, compared to where they were two two years ago where they were just atrocious in the armpit of American sports, like I've said many times. Um, but I, I don't want to be I don't want to be stagnant and I and I'm not okay with where Sacramento's just all right, yeah, cool. We're the fifth seed guys. You know, I've seen a lot of that where where people are like, Well, look where we're at compared to a couple years ago. Why can't you guys just be happy? That's not how it works, right? There has to be progress always. And that's why I'm excited for the trade deadlines every single year, because it's like, all right, we're, what's the direction of this team? Is the management seeing what the rest of the world is seeing? 
are we, you know, are our views aligned with, with their views? And, um, it's just an, it's an exciting time. And I like the progress. I want to see, uh, Sacramento get better always, you know, and, and if, and if you're taking steps back or you're staying at the same stage for two seasons in a row, in my opinion, that's a problem, right? Cause players are going to get more expensive. Sabonis, right? Fox is going to get more expensive. Uh, Keegan Murray's going to have to get re-signed. It's going to be more expensive. So if you just sit here and, you know, you're stagnant for two or three years in a row and you're not progressing, eventually the roster is going to be become too expensive to be stagnant, right? Like at some point it's like, all right, well, we can't pay these guys to this amount of money if we're just going to be the fifth seed and there's no championship in sight. So uh, <clears throat> we'll see where it goes. Well, it reminds me of that situation with the, what you're describing is the uh, Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. That's, that's what that happened to that roster. Kind of a similar thing, you know. That's their way you out. Have, yeah, you got two guys who were cool and, you know, they did well and made a little bit of run here and there, but it just flamed out and they got locked in with the gap and it, they just were stuck. Um, the you, you Okay, you said something there about, about Christmas, gauging a team. I'm glad you brought that up because we, we talk about that all the time and we'd be, that'd be a miss on us if we didn't, if we didn't uh, talk about that real quick and, that's yeah. That's why I think you. We've said a couple. You've said a couple strong uh, takes. Like you had a strong take about uh, Harrison Barnes, particularly. I was kind of strong about uh, Keegan Murray. Like I've, you can feel more confident in saying what something is or who something is, or at this point because there's there's games under underneath it. Um, but the NBA though the the NBA standings though are all are kind of crazy man and there's some surprises I think um, I just wanted to put it out there dude Oklahoma City I told you that's one of the teams I've really liked to watch this year I don't know if you how much time you spent watching their games but OKC's uh, made a big run the last month or so that team's for real they're talking about uh, SGA gonna be he's number one in odds for the NBA MVP did you hear that? Yep. Yep. That's crazy. And then you have the Timberwolves who just, you know, I feel like every season early in the season, there's always one team that starts off to like a little eight and two run and, and, you know, and then it kind of all fizzles. That team's actually sustaining uh, a level of play up there. Um, and then the Clippers kind of figuring it out. Those are the, obviously the top two in the standing in the Western Conference standings are big to me, but the Clippers kind of figuring it out. You've always said like that's a team that scares you the most in the Western Conference if they are able to get that shit together, and they're actually seem like they're starting to get that together. Hundred percent. There's too much talent and in, in there's too much length. The, the, the NBA is uh, the the NBA is definitely a wing. You know, wings and forwards who can score right, and they got plenty of them. They probably have two of the better ones in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And then you just go in and you add James Harden to that. Shit, man, that's just ridiculous. And you got Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. People say whatever you want about Russell Westbrook. I love Russell Westbrook. Always have loved Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, that guy That guy coming off the bench is absolutely ridiculous. That roster is loaded, man. And that's kind of been my thing about them for the last few years. It's For them, it's just about staying healthy. That's it, you know. And, and I like that they made the trade for Harden early. I, I like that it's, you know, they you don't wait and you don't – because there's – there's always that period where you add a guy like James Harden at the all-star break. And then it kind of kills your vibe for the rest of the season. Right. Cause then you, it's like starting all over again. You have to feel, you got to get a feel for each other. He's got to find his role. 
that shit happens, you know, beginning of the season. And now they have all this time to figure it out. And what did we, what do we always say? It takes to about Christmas, you know, 25 games in 30 games in to really see what a team is like. And they're trending upwards, man. So it's rough. It's rough for Sacramento because the Western conference is so fucking loaded, dude. You, you look at the standings and it's like, Holy shit, man. Every single roster has two all-stars. Every single team on, on any given night can blow you out if you're not careful. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you with the, I was listening to a thing yesterday with the OKC. Very fun to watch. They have so many draft picks, dude. They're going to make a move. Their championship window is open. hundred uh, percent, man. With Chet Holmgren being what Chet Holmgren is, uh, I obviously, I think he's gonna be the rookie of the year. He's going to be an all-star this year. Uh, the rim protection, the scoring ability, and then you know, SGA is—he's he, ridiculous, dude. He—he he is up there as one of the best point guards, if not—if not the best point guard in the NBA. Um, the roster's loaded, dude. They're going to make a move. They're going to make a move. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was watching a thing, and they were talking about how many picks OKC has and what Sam Presti's been able to do. Uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, Kevin Durant's a little unhappy in Phoenix. You know, Phoenix is trending downward. Possible reunion. Kevin Durant to OKC. I don't know what that looked like, but if I'm Phoenix and I'm seeing that, I'm like, fuck it, man. I got to get draft picks back, dude. You never know, man. Championship window is open, and all it takes is one move like that with a team that has the ability to do it. Chet Holmgren, Kevin Durant, and, and SGA together on a team, and that might be the best team in the NBA. Just saying. Don't think it'll happen, but it's fun to think of. No, that's a good take. I've heard stuff like that, though. I, just, I, I didn't even, um, but yeah, I've, I've heard that before, man. That 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 would that could be realistic. I think that that if you look at the Suns, dude, I don't know, man. The Suns are just. I'm not surprised. I didn't really want like want to bet that team much this year or anything because I just didn't trust them. They, they completely depleted everything to focus around three guys who, in my opinion, I don't think are extremely complimentary. I think that Kevin Durant is extremely complimentary to anybody to, to Booker, but I don't, I don't know. So I could see that, but OKC is dangerous, dude. Talk they they did it right, man. Like they really did do it right, and they do have all the picks. And you're right, they're they're go- because of the cap situation too. Those motherfuckers are going to be able to to outdo probably anybody. Like any top player on the market, they're probably going to be number one as far as being able to get that player because they have uh, some young players they can kick in if it's somebody really good, and they have the picks to do it, and they can take on some contracts too that maybe for the next two years like they have they're they're gonna fuck everybody up on that market uh another team to point out real quick oh go ahead yeah uh, going back to phoenix though are you are you mad at phoenix for going all in dude like i like it i like the teams that say fuck it we're gonna go all in we're pushing our chips to the middle of the table and we're going to see where it takes us. I, I'm not mad at that, dude. That That's why, same thing with like the Clippers, what, what the Clippers have done, going back for, you know, when they traded for Paul George, when they traded for Kawhi Leonard, and they trade, you know, they went and got Russell Westbrook, traded for Harden. Even if it doesn't work out, man, I'm a fan of those teams that go all in. Like Brooklyn. You know, when Brooklyn did the Kyrie, Durant, Harden thing, I'm not mad at that shit, man, because at least you're giving yourself a shot. And, and, and with Brooklyn specifically, if injuries don't happen, Brooklyn probably wins the NBA championship that year. Um, but that's it's part of the game, right? Injuries part of the game. But I I like that kind of stuff. That, that's the thing that I'm, you know, 
that I'm a fan of because if Phoenix doesn't go all in, you know, if they're like, Oh, we're just going to play it safe. And then you don't win the championship. Like they, they, like they did, you know, like that to me, it's like, what could have been at least fucking throw the chips out there and let's fucking roll. Let's give our, let's give ourselves on paper the, the, the firepower to win it, you know? So I'm not mad at those teams that do that at all. I think that I'm not mad at it. And if, if, they were my team. I'd want that to happen. I mean, I'd want the Kings to do that. So I get it. But there's a there's a line though that a team like that they did cross and to, in my opinion, to get it's it's actually reckless and almost like malpractice as far as how much you depleted your roster. Like then then and then it becomes to, like you. That's cool. You went all in, but you you went you made one too many moves because then you're I'm look I have their roster pulled up. You have guys, dude, Metu, you know Grayson Allen, Bobol. Utah Watanabe is on there. But then Yusuf Nurkic, okay, and old Eric Gordon. I mean, their roster sucks. Let's just say it just sucks. So when you have an issue like, like you know, with Bradley Beal and, you know, people getting hurt, uh, you know, your roster fucking sucks. So, I mean, I'm not a fan of of uh, of the Phoenix Suns, so, you know, whatever, dude. But, yeah, there's, there's a line, though. You don't want to deplete your roster, in, in my, my opinion. I'm a fan. They went for it, and I still think, I still think that it's early. I think injuries. I, it's it's early, and I think injuries have have definitely played a role with that. You know, and we're we're just gonna have to see. They're obviously gonna be players in the buyout market, and if they can get healthy, man, you tell and answer me this right now. If you went into the playoffs, okay, if Sacramento's in the playoffs and somehow they get New Orleans or Phoenix, who who would you rather play? And I know New Orleans. I know New Orleans owns them. I I wouldn't. I don't want to. I would not want to see Brad Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant healthy over a healthy New Orleans team. Sorry, you that that's ridiculous, dude. I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to see Kevin Durant and Devin Booker specifically for seven games over Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Sorry. And yeah, if see, anybody, that's a good point. You you, point. you know what I mean? Like right. at the at the at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want. The 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 NBA playoffs are about just get in, right? And it's always been about this. Who has the best players, right? Same thing with Sacramento last year. Yeah, Sacramento was great in the regular season. What did Golden State do? We just want to get in. What did the Lakers want to do? They just want to get in. And then we're going to let our best players be our best players and see where we go. So at the end of the day, if you were to ask me, do I want to see New Orleans, you know, or do I want to see Phoenix? I'm fucking taking New Orleans every single time. And I don't care about the... Utah Watanabe. I don't care about the old Eric Gordon. I don't care about Joseph Nurkic. You got Devin Booker, Brad Beal, and Kevin Durant healthy. I don't want to fucking see. Sorry. I think that the the point, a good point you made there. It is still early. The buyout. They're they're a total buyout market candidate type of team, especially when healthy. Um, the next month of the NBA is going to be very, very, very interesting. We got we got the trade deadline coming up. You got teams that are going to start kind of bailing, and teams that are start buying. And then you have the buyout market, and then really, you know, once you get through January, it's it's a short little limp until into the playoffs. It's it's like you've 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 gone through the biggest chunk of the season, so you can start making takes. You can start saying things. I think it's okay. It's not early anymore. That that's probably the one thing I I take away. So, uh, hey guys, we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. 
You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And as always, check us out on the Believe Podcast Network where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that for Ryan, this is Eric. No Kings. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.